Christ is risen. Alleluia. Welcome back, ladies, and for those gentlemen who are listening. Today, we're going to talk about the basic infertile pattern, or what we call the BIP. Hello, Catholic Divas. Welcome to Cycles and Sanctity podcast. I am Mama Jane, wife to Steve for almost 37 years, mother of six wonderful children, fertility awareness instructor, and a Catholic mindset coach. Are you confused about your cycle? Do you want to learn how charting your cycles can give you insight, not only to your health, but your mental and emotional state as well? And most importantly, using this information to draw closer to God and pursue your path to holiness? If you answered yes, then you are in the right place. Go grab your journal and your favorite pen and let's do this. Remember with Billings ovulation method, we look for unchanging and changing patterns. The BIP is an unchanging pattern. When you make your observations throughout the day of the sensation of the vulva, you simply ask the question, do I feel the same or is it different? The basic fertile pattern will be the unchanging pattern. This unchanging pattern is a sign that there's no ovarian activity with your hormones. The two sensations of the BIP are sticky or dry. Now dry means nothing felt and nothing seen. Sticky means that there is a sensation of stickiness or glue, or some clients have shared the description of a double-sided tape. The appearance of the discharge can be described as cloudy or white. Some women have a sensation of dry, and yet there is a discharge that is cloudy and white. This type of observation would be charted as sticky. The basic infertile pattern is caused by a thick mucus plug closing the cervix. Remember when I told you that the cervix opens and closes twice each cycle? It opens for menstruation so the blood can be released, and during the basic infertile pattern, it's closed with this thick mucus plug. This sticky sensation is actually the fragments of this plug dropping down. Otherwise, the sensation typically is dry. The key is that the cervix is closed. So to annotate this on your chart, you will use the solid green color for dry or a solid yellow color for sticky. If you don't have stickers, you can use the symbols, as I mentioned before. The Roman numeral one is the symbol for dry and the equal sign is the symbol for sticky. Typically, the BIP will only last a few days, but there are exceptions. Women who are perimenopausal may have a longer BIP, as well as during postpartum or if you're a breastfeeding mom. When you're working with a Billings instructor, the BIP is one of the first things that is identified at the first chart review. The chart review appointments are very important and can help you become proficient quickly. The chart reviews are scheduled every two weeks. That way, you have enough data to show and you're beginning to see the patterns, but you can also make corrections quickly. I normally work with a client for three cycles or six chart reviews. Having charted for three cycles creates a body memory and then therefore identifying sensations become easier, but I will also work with a client for longer periods of time if they need to. For instance, a breastfeeding mom or a woman who's having irregular cycles for whatever reason, possibly for PCOS or other issues, or even a perimenopausal woman. Once you have been my client, though, you need to remember that you have access to me as your instructor and coach throughout your whole reproductive years. Some clients simply just check in, reach out to me, and have a quick chart review as they need them. 
I always recommend that after each child to contact your instructor to reestablish your BIP. You know, just as each pregnancy and each labor and birth are unique, your postpartum BIP is unique as well. Some women will have the same BIP as they had before that baby, and some women, their BIP changes. I've had clients who had a dry BIP before the child birth, and then during postpartum time, the BIP becomes sticky. And because they hadn't experienced this sensation before, they were less confident in their ability to recognize their body's natural signs. So having an Billings instructor review your chart is always a good idea. Women attend Billings ovulation method classes during every phase of the cycle. And so when I ask my clients to simply begin at the end of the day of this class to record their observations, some women think that they need to wait until their next menstruation, but it's more important just to start. And remember, with Billings, there's no menstruation without ovulation. And so the important thing, again, is just to simply begin. And you may feel unsure if the sensations you're charting are correct. That's okay. The important part is to make the observations throughout the day. I recommend three to four observations throughout the day. It really only takes a couple of seconds to focus and ask yourself these questions. Is this sensation the same as before or is it different? Now, for the first two weeks, it's recommended only to use three symbols or three stickers. And the point of this is, is to get you into the habit of making these observations throughout the day, these first two weeks. So I don't want to get it too complicated. Remember, think of yourself as a kindergartner. You're first learning how to hold the pencil correctly. You're not writing a dissertation. You don't have a PhD. You're just simply holding the pencil correctly and very slowly making those letters. So what are the three symbols or the three stickers that you're going to use these first two weeks of charting? The first sticker is red, or if you're using a symbol, a solid colored in circle symbol represents bleeding. Then you use a green sticker or the Roman numeral one symbol for dry, which means nothing felt, nothing seen. And then you use a white baby sticker or an empty circle for something else. So literally the first two weeks, you're learning to ask yourself, am I dry or is this something else? If it's dry, then you just put simply a green sticker or a Roman numeral one. If it's something else, then you're either going to see blood and then you'll put the red sticker or a symbol for bleeding, which is the solid circle symbol. Or if it's something else, then you put the white baby or simple circle that's not filled in. Really, the reason why we're doing this is just getting into the habit of making the observations and starting to notice the simple changes. Instead of trying to identify all of the changes, you simply are asking yourself, am I dry or am I not? And if you're not, then we go into distinguishing, well, how would I describe that not? What is the sensation that I'm feeling? Is it blood? What's the sensation of the blood? Is it something else? Then we put a white baby or a circle and describe the sensation. What is the sensation? Is it sticky? Is it moist? Is it wet? Is it slippery? You simply pick one, okay? This is really important. Many people second guess themselves and they're kind of afraid. What I say, I use the analogy of taking a swing at the ball. You just take a swing. You just take a swing. You say, okay, I think this is the word that I would describe this sensation and this is what you're going to write it. 
So then the next day, you're going to ask yourself again, is it dry or is it something different? Let's just say it's different. Then you put a white baby or an open circle. And then again, you use that same word of that sensation if it's the same as yesterday. So if you felt wet and then today you're not dry, you feel something and it has the same sensation as yesterday, then you describe it as wet. Okay, you're training your brain to make this difference, dry or not dry, not dry. And then the word that you describe of the sensation. I hope that makes sense. Sometimes it seems very complicated in the beginning, but trust me, it it is quite simple. The first two weeks are so important because you're just training your brain, first of all, to take that focus and make the observation to become mindful. What's the sensation at the vulva? And when you're doing this two, three, I usually recommend three or four observations throughout the day so that you have a good data so that at the end of the day, you're going to write the most fertile characteristic sensation on your chart. Okay. So let me give you an example. So you decide that you'll make your observations when you walk into the kitchen, since you go into the kitchen at least three or four times a day. So in the morning, as you're walking into the kitchen to make coffee, you just ask yourself, is this sensation the same as yesterday or is it the same or is it different? Do I feel something dry or is it different? Let's just say you felt nothing and last night you felt nothing. Okay, then you answer yourself, I just feel nothing. Great, move on, go make your coffee, go start your day. So later you're walking into the kitchen to make lunch. You notice the sensation and you ask yourself again, is this dry or is this different? Is it the same as this morning or is it different? Well, you sense nothing, so you mentally note that it's nothing. Then later in the afternoon, you come into the kitchen to start beginning preparing the dinner. You focus on the sensation again. You ask yourself this question, is it dry or is it different? Is the sensation the same as it was this afternoon or is it different? No, you noticed that the sensation is still the same. It's still dry. There's nothing there. So you make a mental note. And then after dinner, as you relax for a bit, you walk into the kitchen to prepare for tomorrow. And as you walk into the kitchen, again, you focus, ask yourself the question, is this dry or is this something different? Is this sensation the same as before or is it different? And you notice that it's the same as before. It's still nothing. So you make a mental note. Pretty easy, right? And this is where people get a little bit confused because they think that, especially during the basic infertile pattern, when you have a nothing sensation, that it's almost too easy. You you want something there, but trust your body, okay? So then what you do at the end of the day, you go get your chart and you think back on those observations that you made throughout the day, the mental notes, and you realize that the whole day your sensation was dry. So on your chart, On the first day, remember you write day one and it doesn't matter what day, if it's, you know, July 6th or December 12th, that is your day one and you're going to write green sticker, put a green sticker or the Roman numeral one, which represents dry. And then you simply write the word dry. Dry means nothing felt, nothing seen. So you don't have to put anything for the appearance because there was no appearance. Well done. You did it. You took the first step of your Billings charting experience. Okay, so depending upon how old you are, this will become your habit every single day of your life until you hit menopause. While you're in your reproductive stage of your life, the only time you will not chart is when you're pregnant. And Billings recommends that you begin charting again about three weeks postpartum. Okay, so let's think about this habit that you're creating. 
Let's say that you are beginning to chart today and that you are a young, single, 25-year-old woman. And then let's say that you get married and you end up having six kids. Now, in this scenario, let's just move forward and say that you actually have menopause at the age of 55. So that means that between the ages of 25 and 55, there are 360 months. In this scenario, you became pregnant six times for nine months each, so that makes 54 months. 360 months minus 54 months equals 306 months. You are going to be charting day in and day out for 306 months of your lifetime. This is a skill that you will understand your body, and it's really beautiful. Now, do you understand why this is an important skill for a woman to learn? Do you think that maybe after 300 months of charting, you'll have mastered understanding your own unique body signs of fertility and infertility? Do you think you could master this after 12 months? Do you think you could notice not only the signs of your body is showing you about your cycles, but maybe you could also be more in tune in with other things your body's telling you? Do you think you might feel awkward at first? Do you think you might even consider that you're bad at it? Do you think you might be unsure in the beginning? I have a dear friend. Her name is Jane Francis. She's a fabulous leader, and she was a leader in a direct sales company that I was in years ago. One of the things Jane would always tell us at training is, you have to be bad at something long enough to be good at something. You see, the problem is, is that by the time we're adults, we have mastered so many things that we do unconsciously. For instance, you don't have to consciously think about putting the toothpaste on your toothbrush and brushing your teeth just like you did when you were two years or three years old. You just do it automatically because it's now in your subconscious. Sometimes, I don't know if you've ever had this or not, but sometimes I find myself driving to a certain place. And when I get there, I think, wait a minute, how did I even get here? Because I subconsciously knew the way. And so I had the opportunity to use my mind in different ways, either listening to a podcast or listening to music or just thinking about other things. But you need to have that information in the mind at the beginning. So Jane Francis would always say, this is the term she would use, you have to master your craft. And she shared this story that, I don't know, she, she read in a book somewhere that when you're hearing pilots talking to one another, a pilot will never ask another pilot, how long have you been flying? What they'll ask is, how many hours of flight time do you have? So in this particular direct sales company that we were in, our business model was home shows. Women would invite us over into their homes with their friends, and then we would show them how to use their products and stuff in their home. It was fun. It was great. So my friend Jane Francis would say, don't tell me how many years you've been in with this company. Tell me how many shows you've done. Because remember, the number of shows always had to begin with the first one. And many women were really scared to have that first show. So therefore, Jane Francis would just simply say, you have to be willing to have a bad show long enough to become good at the show. And it's the same way with cycling, with charting your cycles. You have to take the risk of just putting down your observation, even if you don't think you're not sure what this word is, you're not sure what this sensation is, that's okay. In my NFP classes, I use the analogy of playing a musical instrument or playing a sport. All of my kids are very artistic and either played instruments or danced. Now, both of these require a lot of practice and a lot of time. 
And if you have any children or if you've been at a place where there's a sixth grade beginning band and you've gotten the pleasure of listening to that beginning band play Mary Had a Little Lamb about six weeks into the semester, you'd know that's not very good. (laughs) But And it's not as enjoyable as when you get to the high school level and you hear the symphonic band playing the Ukrainian bell carol. But everyone had to start off badly. And that's the thing. In order to chart well, you have to give yourself the grace to chart badly and to make sure you have an instructor who guides you so you don't lose confidence or continue charting incorrectly. And this is where the flight instructors, the band directors, the leaders like Jane Francis to help you correct the things. And this is why it's important to have a Billings instructor as well. Now, in my own spiritual life, praying the rosary was something that I had to be bad at long enough to get good at. So while my family was Catholic and I received all my sacraments, I never owned a rosary or even held a rosary until my aunt passed away while I was in college. Because I was going through a phase searching for God, My dad sent me my aunt's Catholic Bible and rosary. Now, this Bible had been published in the Marian year of 1954, and it was beautiful. It had these beautiful pictures of the mysteries of the rosary, as well as the prayers. I wanted to learn how to pray the rosary, but I didn't know anyone to ask. So what I would do is I would sit on my bed in the dorm room all alone with this big, huge Bible in my lap with the rosary in my hand, and I would try to pray. Trust me, I did this very badly. I would get the Hail Marys mixed up with the Holy Marys. It was pretty comical. And for years, I struggled to pray the rosary. I'd have to pull that Bible out and sit so that I could pray. It wasn't until I came back from Lourdes that I became proficient. By then, I had learned all the prayers. I just didn't know the mysteries. And so I decided that I would learn the mysteries by heart and think about what they meant. I started doing this when I took our dog for a walk up in the woods. The rosary became such a rich spiritual source for me, and I love leading the rosary, especially when I'm allowed to share simple meditations that come to my mind. But for many people, the rosary is boring. It's the same prayers over and over again. When I homeschooled my oldest daughter, it was the third mystery when she used to begin to lose count of where we were. She had become bored. It was the same prayers. They were not changing, and therefore she lost focus. She would ask me, Mommy, what what number are we on? It was like the BIP of your cycle. It's the unchanging pattern. We can forget to chart. We can lose our focus to make our observations because it's the same thing. And sometimes when we first begin, we think the BIP will never end. Or sometimes when we're breastfeeding and we have more than 180 days of BIP, how do we keep going? How do we not lose count? We create a habit. We decide we're going to make the observations at certain times or with a certain activity, and we set a time in the evening to record these observations on our chart. Are we going to be perfect? Probably not. Will we miss a day of charting? Probably. Can we begin again? Oh, yes. Does it take very long? Not really. It's a simple habit that after you practice, you'll have many, many charts. And I have found that praying the daily rosary is just like charting. Again, when I first began to make it my own, I would go and pray while I was walking the dog. I was building one habit upon another. This is called habit stacking. Habit stacking helps you build momentum. Then when we homeschooled, we would pray our family rosary after lunch. It helps settle the children down for nap time. For the more active ones, I would have them draw pictures of the mysteries that we were praying. 
I would lead the mystery, the meditation of the mystery, and then the older ones would take turns leading a decade while I nursed the baby. It really only took us about 20 minutes. And then after the rosary, the big kids would go to their room and read quietly while I would lay down with the children who needed a nap. Well, it was really actually me who needed a nap. I encourage all families to begin the family rosary. One of the benefits of praying the rosary for family time is that it has a beginning and it has an end. It really is quite short. It's only about 20 minutes. A dear friend of mine, Diane Spinelli, taught me that her family rosary is how they trained their children to sit quietly for the homily at Mass. She told me that for basically the most part, a homily is about 20 minutes. And so her family, they would pray the rosary in the evening and the youngest or the most active child at Mass would then sit on daddy's lap during the family rosary. And then on Sundays at Mass, when the homily would begin, this little active one would go and sit at Daddy's lap and be quiet. Diane's family always sat in the front, either the first or the second pew, and her children would pay attention all at Mass. It was really rare that her children act out or was misbehaving. I just remember those days we would be walking out of church and so many people would say, oh, wow, your children behave so well. And then this is how she told me the little secret. She just had dad take care of that littlest one so they weren't loud during the homily and being disruptive. Recently, a dear friend, sister passed away. Her sister had also been our friend too. And so a few of us gathered to pray the rosary for this family and for the repose of the soul of our friend. The friend whose house we were at just looked at me to begin. And one of the friends who was also there praying the rosary with us hadn't had a lot of experience with the rosary, so she wasn't very comfortable. Afterwards, we were just sharing memories how we would pray the rosary at our homeschool group every Friday. We shared with her that we would have the preschoolers on the floor with coloring paper and crayons, while the school-aged children were in a circle around in their chairs. And then the moms and the nursing babies would be behind them. And again, I would lead the mystery and the children would volunteer to lead one decade. My friend, whose house the rosary was at, reminded me how much I would teach the gospel to the children with each mystery. She told me how much she learned about the gospels and about what was going on in each each mystery because I would teach the children. And she told me, you taught me too. It was a catechesis lesson as well as prayer time. So to begin any new habit, you must begin. You must be willing to be bad at the habit long enough to be good at the habit. It doesn't matter if the habit is for your health, like tracking your cycle, or for your soul, like praying the rosary. It takes patience, perseverance, and docility to learn something new. Sometimes you need an instructor, a coach, or a mentor to show you how to correct you when you lose focus and to encourage you to keep going. I would really love to hear your own stories of how you've mastered the rosary, or maybe you're still bad at it. I'd love to hear that too. And I'd love to hear how your habit of charting your cycles is going. Are you too scared to try? Do you need some more clarity? Have you identified your BIP? I'd love to hear it all. You can find me on Instagram at MamaJane25, on Facebook, Jane Snyder, or you can contact me via email at jane at wisdomwellnesscoaching.net. And you can set up an appointment with me at my website, wisdomwellnesscoaching.net. So before we end this podcast, let me pray the blessing of St. Paul prayed over the Thessalonians. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. May the God of peace make you perfect in holiness. May he preserve you whole and entire, spirit, soul, and body. 
irreproachable at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Alleluia. Until next week, this is Mama Jane. Love you all.